Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. Um, this is your host, Josue Cardona. Uh, with me today is my fellow geek therapist, Dr. Janina Scarlett. She's a psychologist out in San Diego. And um, today we're going to talk fantasy and how to use that in therapy. So Janina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, like I said, you're, you're a fellow geek therapist. Um, what do you do out there in San Diego? Where do you work? So I'm a psychologist. Um, I am uh, currently a couple of months from being licensed. So I'm in my postdoctoral training. Um, I work at the Center for Stress and Anxiety Management. So I work with people with anxiety disorders and depression. And I'm also a research psychologist um, at um, Alliant International University, uh, where I'm a faculty member and I uh, oversee students' dissertations and I teach as well. And uh, we've talked um, a lot in the past about, again, like I mentioned before, using fantasy and, and, and other stuff. We've talked a lot of Doctor Who, we've talked sci-fi, we've talked TV. Yep. Um, and, but today we're going to talk about specifically fantasy and how you use it in the context of your work. I know you work primarily from a ACT framework, um, that's ACT, stands for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. Right. Could you tell us a little bit about um, what, that, what that is? Sure. Uh, so I kind of refer to ACT as a superhero manual. Uh, so uh, it allows you to become the kind of superhero that you want to be. Uh, so ACT consists of six core principles. Uh, the first one is acceptance. So acceptance allows uh, people to accept a specific painful event or an emotion or thought that they're experiencing. Um, so for example, if someone has experienced a loss, one of the reasons why people might get really hung up on that and have a difficult time moving forward is because they're unwilling to accept that it occurred or unwilling to experience the painful events that come with that. So for example, somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder might experience a lot of desire to avoid the memories of the painful event. Uh, so for example, uh, somebody that comes back from Iraq might want to engage in a lot of drinking or uh, just kind of refuse to talk about what happened. So acceptance encourages the patients to talk about what happened, to experience these painful emotions in order to heal. Uh, the next core process uh, involved in uh, acceptance and commitment therapy is mindfulness. That's being present um, in the present moment. Um, so a lot of times people tend to get really hung up on the past or they get really anxious about the future. So mindfulness teaches us to be in the present moment, to experience what's going on right now and in doing so, it allows, it allows us to interact with life as it's happening in the present moment. Uh, the next core process is called diffusion, and that's allowing yourself not to get carried away by your thoughts. So we all have thoughts that are problematic. I'm sure that we've all had thoughts such as, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I'm a fucking moron. And so diffusion, the process of diffusion allows people to separate from their thoughts and to say, I'm having a thought that I'm a loser, and that's very different than saying I am a loser because it allows for that distancing. It reduces the believability of the thought. Uh, the next process is called self as context. 
And that's uh, this process allows people to notice the kind of labels they are assigning to themselves. So whether it's failure or geek or jock or loser or parent, and these labels can be positive or negative, uh, it allows us to notice how these labels affect who we are. So for example, uh, for uh, someone that's let's say in the high school setting, if they believe themselves to be a loser, they uh, start acting like like somebody that um, that has that label and they don't interact with other people and uh, act accordingly. So ACT teaches uh, people to notice the labels they're assigning to themselves, to move past those labels and to discover who they really are, to, um, to find their own identity. And then the last two, this is where the superhero really comes out. Um, the, this is uh, the values uh, training. So patients are asked to identify what their true values are. <clears throat> so, for example, uh, somebody's value might be family or honor or courage. And a lot of times, while we have those values, we tend to not live by them. So ACT encourages the patients to identify their values. And then the last step, commitment to action, is where it encourages people to take steps in order to fulfill those value directions. And those six core principles, is there a specific order that you work with them? or Nope. So the beauty of acceptance and commitment therapy is that you can start anywhere and all of these interweave together. So most of the time I start with either acceptance or mindfulness uh, because they uh, tend to kind of introduce the process of, uh, of ACT. And then the rest of the core principles can be interweaved in whichever order seems appropriate for a particular patient. So ACT is, um, is uh, a type of a therapy that a lot of people use, right. and um, uh, I've never heard anybody call it a superhero manual before. <laughs> uh, yeah, and one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it allows you to be the kind of person that you want to be. Most of us have a desire to become a superhero. Um, you know, we, we all want to rescue the world. We want to help other people. And a lot of times in the busy bustles of the day, we forget. We forget what we really value. We forget the kind of person that we want to be. So you have a father, for example, who's struggling because he's running from meeting to meeting to meeting. And then he's forgetting how much his daughter's recitals mean to him. And so ACT would remind uh, that father about how much his daughter means to him and allow him to become the super dad that he wants to be. So um, how do you use specifically uh, fantasy, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, so uh, how do you use that generally? And then I guess you can go into how how you use it um, within ACT. Yeah. So uh ACT is a bit abstract at times, uh, and I also find that a lot of patients tend to get a little bit overwhelmed when they're asked to talk about their own thoughts or feelings, and they um, no one's ever asked them that before. Sometimes people feel that that's really personal, and they, they have a really difficult time identifying what they're going through. But once we start talking about fantasy books, so the one I use most often is Harry Potter. Most people have heard of it, read it, or, or seen it on the big screen, and Suddenly, when we start talking about Harry, people understand what he must have gone through when he 
uh, has the flashback of his parents dying. So when the Dementors uh, start attacking Harry, he suddenly starts having these flashbacks and remembers his parents dying. And he has a, a really hard time uh, coping with that. And this is where acceptance might be introduced. Um, and so uh, some of these books that I that I um, usually use in therapy, so Harry Potter, Hobbit, um, Hunger Games, uh, The Golden Compass. Um, I use them depending on the particular patient and patient interest in order to uh, allow the patients to understand these core processes and to relate to these core processes the way that they would to their beloved character. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, um, so within ACT, you, you want to make sure that you touch on those, those different principles. And for a lot of clients, then um, the way you present them is through examples from, from these books. Exactly. So like, what's your go-to? Is, is Harry Potter your go-to yes. for acceptance, for example? Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter is kind of my go-to for everything. Um, <laughs> just because it's something that most people know about. And uh, within Harry Potter, you can cover all of the principles. And most of these books can be used for uh, a majority of these principles, especially values. Um, so, uh, for example, in The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, um, the main characters are really, really nervous. So, you know, when either of the Bagginses that you look at uh, were really scared throughout the adventure, but they valued completing their mission. Uh, so ACT allows patients to see that you don't have to be brave in order to act bravely. Um, if you value something such as helping your friends and you know, get helping people uh, get the treasure back from the dragon. That's something that you'll be able to do. So, uh, but yeah, as I said, Harry Potter is kind of my go-to book uh, because it touches on all of these different principles. So, for example, diffusion. Uh, diffusion has to do with over-identification with specific thoughts. And Harry Potter... Uh, when he was growing up with the Dursleys, for the longest time, believed himself to be kind of not good enough. And, and, and it's for that reason that when Hagrid finally tells him that he's a wizard, that Harry has a really hard time believing that. Um, so diffusion, uh, in this case, uh, would allow Harry to not over-identify with his thoughts that he's um, a loser or someone who's meant to be beat up constantly. And when he goes to the school, he has a really hard time forming his identity. So that's where we're going to self as context, because suddenly he's the chosen one. Suddenly he's kind of a popular kid and and or at the very least the center of attention and, and everyone, uh, someone everyone talks about. Um, so here's where self as context would allow him to um, look past some of these labels that are assigned to him by society and realize the kind of person that he actually wants to be, which is a true friend and someone who um, who really cares about other people and doing what's right. You know, I think a lot of clients come to us and, and they believe that they are like Harry, right? Like maybe they're worthless or, or, or they deserve to live under the stairs, that type of thing. Yes. And and I, I I think I mean it's it's fantastic because Harry Potter, when you read that book or you or you watch the first movie, you know um, you know the truth. You know that he is really a wizard. And even though he's struggling with it, I guess that allows the client in your office to really see it from that perspective. Like, oh, maybe there is something that I'm 
maybe I am accepting the wrong thing or maybe I am believing the wrong thing and maybe there is something else yeah. out there. Yeah, okay. exactly. And ACT also teaches about this concept of common humanity. So uh, what that concept means is that suffering is universal. What you're going through, other people are probably going through too. Unfortunately, most people don't realize that. And then this experience can feel very alienating. So you you brought up the example of Harry Potter and and him not knowing the truth, but us knowing the truth. And in reality, this happens all the time where people think they're the only ones that are being alienated or bullied or um, scapegoated. And once they find that other people have gone through the same thing by connecting with those characters in literature, this can be a really powerful and healing experience because suddenly they have somebody to look up to and they realize that they're not alone. So what about some of the other... um... The other principles, like do you have specific ones where um, maybe for a really resistant client or a difficult client you might go to because it, it sh- again, once again, shows like a really clear example of what you're trying to teach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sometimes I go to the list um, and this is um, kind of a, a short little read about um, a school that uh, creates this list that assigns uh, girls um uh, labels uh, such as beautiful and ugly and it really shows how girls who never would have considered themselves as one or the other suddenly start acting according to that label and I sometimes use that as an example of self as context uh, or diffusion to show how how we can really over identify with these labels and within that we can forget who we really are sometimes. So before we we started recording, you you sent me a list of the different books that kind of are your go-to books, right, generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Could you kind of go over some of those and and give examples of how you've used them or or what stories or what situations in those books really, really help clients? Sure. Um, So we've talked about Harry Potter and um, that one, again, that's really my my number one go-to book most of the time. And we briefly touched on The Hobbit. Uh, I use Hunger Games sometimes. Uh, you can really see Katniss's values when, in, from the very beginning when she stood up for her sister and volunteered herself to go on the suicide mission um, to play the Hunger Games. Um, so you see values right there. Um, she is trying extremely hard not to hurt anyone. Um, so again, we see her as this loving and compassionate person. So even though her life is in the line, um, we see what her true values are. Um the uh, the one that I use a lot for identity and uh, and diffusion is his dark materials, and so uh, usually the first book of those series, the Golden Compass. Uh, so uh, in the story, uh, there's a, a every single being has a demon. Uh, so the demon is sort of like a soul, uh, and this demon can kind of tell you what to do and boss you around, especially when you're a child. Uh, the demon is, um, if you were to uh, start psychoanalyzing it, it, w- it could also, it could kind of be considered as the uh, kind of a split between the id and the superego. So uh, little Lyra, who's the main character, uh, has uh, her own demon, uh, Pan, and um, 
usually she listens to him and um, there are times that she doesn't. And this is a really good example of people not over identifying with their thoughts, despite their minds telling them what to do. Uh, so despite the fact that Pan, uh, who's kind of a scaredy cat, uh, constantly tells Lyra to be really cautious and to stay put and, and not to go exploring or, or, or saving other people. Uh, Lyra, uh, doesn't always listen to him. So she doesn't fuse with her thoughts. She doesn't buy into her thoughts and she follows her values. Uh, she often puts her own life on the line in order to save the people that she loves. Princess Bride, uh, that's something uh, that a lot of people are familiar with from a movie. I sometimes assign it as a book uh, because I, I believe that reading about it will kind of uh, allow people to notice some of the processes that they must have, they might have missed when they were watching the movie. Um, but similar type of thing, it can be used as uh, values um, that... Um, Wesley was willing to give up everything to, uh, including his life, in order to, to become the kind of man that his, he believed his wife was deserving of. He, he went and, and nearly uh, died on a pirate ship in order to, um, in order to get the kind of resources that he believed that was, were necessary in order to marry her. And then both of them continually put their lives on the line in order to be together. Um, so I primarily use this one for values. Um, the Astonishing Adventures of Fanboy and Goth Girl by Barry Liga. I really, really like that book. It's not a fantasy book. It's a fiction book. Uh, but it feels really, really close to, um, to reality, I think, for a lot of people. So I tend to use it with younger people. I work with adults 18 and over, but... Um, a lot of younger people in early college years can really identify with this book as well as some, some of the older adults. So uh, just kind of a brief premise. Um, this book is about uh, high school uh, angst and uh, the lead character, Fanboy. Oh, his real name, his name in the story is Donnie, but he's primarily referred to as Fanboy by another character, um, is... Um, Belief, believes himself to be a geek, and that's a label that he assigned to himself. And he's very fused with this belief that he's a geek and a loser. And, and, and here, geek is used as, as very negative, um, as you know people used to believe in the past, I guess, when uh, you and I were growing up. And um, it, there's a lot of painful identification there for me as a reader and for some of my patients as we're going through that. Um, so as a result, he uh, stays away from other people and he's kind of moody and snappy toward others and he even starts making this list of people that he would like to kill, although he obviously isn't serious. But it's interesting to go through the book and find out that his own perceptions weren't true. And I think that's a really powerful lesson for a lot of us who believe that uh, we have these certain uh, labels and, and that's who we are and, and they form our identity. And then to have somebody come up to you and say, hey, you know, I, I thought you're one of the coolest people out there uh, can completely change your life. And um, I think it's a really, really powerful read. Uh, one of the other books I use is The Little Mermaid. 
Um, and uh, I think most people only are familiar with the Disney version. Um, I like to assign the Hans Christian Andersen version. It's a short little story. Um, and uh, not to spoil it for you or anything, but it doesn't turn out as, as uh, happily as the Disney version. Uh, but in the story, the Little Mermaid gives up everything. She gives up a part of her identity. She gives up who she is in order to uh, try to be with this prince that she's in love with, despite the fact that she knows that it's most likely not going to work out. Um, so I use these books in order to show the patients how other characters have dealt with it and to allow them to identify with these characters. Uh, and very often, by identifying with them, not only do the patients feel less alone, but they also feel more understood. So with the exception of, of one book, um, they're all fantasy stories. So is there a particular reason um, that that you're going to fantasy? Is it a personal preference? Is it what you identify most with? Or um, are there themes in fantasy, you know, the, the idea of having something that's, you know, not maybe possible in this world that makes it easier to bring it up in therapy? Uh, uh, there are several reasons. So fantasy is something I kind of grew up on and something that I'm, I'm a really big fan of. Um, and the other reason is that I think that a lot of, these fantasy books tend to do a really, really good job at illustrating the human character, the emotions that we're going through. So while it was a personal preference, I found that these particular books did such a good job of allowing the patient to say, that's me. That's exactly what I'm going through. And I didn't think anyone else ever went through something like that or, or knew what that was like. Um, so the reason why I, I use fantasy for the most part is because um, other than me um, having enjoyed that in the past and being able to geek out about it in therapy, I find that my patients are able to relate to it. It takes, um, it creates a little bit of the distance between what they're uh, going through in the moment uh, while at the same time allowing them to create that sense of common humanity that other people are going through that too. Yeah, I've, I've had people ask me like, oh, well, you know, do you really think that people would would like to, you know, either touch on fantasy or comics or, or anything like that in therapy? And um, I think that a lot of people do just because it's it's more fun than the general idea of just sitting there and talking, right? Yes. Um, so I think I think that's a big part of it. Do you do you find that with your clients? Do they look forward to the reading assignment, for example? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I find that. Um, I've had a number of people tell me that they really enjoyed um, some of the homework assignments. I mean, ACT, uh, like a number of other therapies, does come with homework. And uh, usually I assign uh, fantasy reading as kind of a bonus, you know, it's sort of like an extra credit. Uh, it's not something they have to do. They, they have to do their ACT homework. Uh, but a lot of them have reported that they really enjoy doing it and that it made them enjoy doing their regular ACT homework more and understand it more as well. So I actually find more adherence to work than when I don't use something like that. How often do you, um, like, do you personally just read um, or reading something new and then it comes up, you know, something comes up in the story. You say, oh, wait a minute, I, I can use this with my clients. Mm -hmm. How often does that happen? Uh, you know, that happens almost with every book. Uh, I think we all uh, within our own discipline uh, kind of 
try on our own hat on on everything that we see. Uh, so I, I tend to see the world in terms of act. Uh, so very often when I'm reading a book or, or watching a movie or a TV show, I say, hey, you know, he's not being accepting or, you know, he's not being mindful or, you know, he's not following his values or, or vice versa. You know, he's following his values, you know, despite any kind of adversity that he might face. Um, so, yeah, I definitely notice that. And, and sometimes I bring that up and, you know, um, not only in addition to books, I, you know, I also use some, sometimes use movies or TV shows as example, whatever uh, my patient might identify with the most. So could you share um, one maybe case example um, from, from, you know, a real case example of work you've done with a client and how using some of these stories really helped them out? Um, yeah. So um, I had a patient who uh, had a really bad driving phobia. And as a result, she was also very depressed and had a really difficult time going out with her friends. She was too embarrassed to tell other people what was going on and would just end up staying home feeling really bad about herself, um, called herself a whole lot of really bad names. In reality, we end up abusing ourselves a lot more than anyone ever would. Um, so she came into therapy uh, and I asked her if she enjoyed reading any kind of fantasy books. And uh, she was kind of surprised, I guess, that I asked her that. But she said she really liked Harry Potter. So I was like, yes, <laughs> my area is something I know a bit about. <laughs> So we started talking about Harry, um, and we talked about the kind of ordeals that he had to face. And so I asked her what, what she remembered from the books, and she said that he was, he was pretty terrified, but he had to face Voldemort on his own the very first year at Hogwarts. Um, and he had, to, uh, he had to save the school. And so we started talking about that, and I asked how how the driving experience relates to this. And, and there was a little bit of that light bulb moment for a second where she was like, okay, yeah, I guess driving is kind of like my Voldemort, but I still can't do it. You know, I'm, I'm very afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm weak. I'm, and she started using all of these really fused examples. Um, so here's where we took a second and, and started identifying the processes that she was going through. And I asked her to relabel them as I'm having a thought that I'm a loser. I'm having a thought that I'm weak. I'm having a thought that I'm different from Harry Potter in that I wouldn't be able to accomplish this. And um, then we started talking about values. And I asked her what was, my, what was valuable to her. And she said, being around her loved ones, being around her family and friends. And I asked her what was valuable to Harry. And she said, his friends and being able to save them uh, and being able to be a good friend to them. And I asked her what, what was interfering with her uh, getting to her values. And um, in, in this process, she was able to identify that her her friends were more important to her than her own fear. So we had started identifying slow, easy steps that she could do to start getting out of the house a little bit more and start driving a bit more. Uh, we went on a few drives around the block together. Um, and then slowly she started driving further and further and further on her own. And by the end of it, she uh, started hanging out with her friends and 
she was able to um, almost completely overcome her fear, something that um, uh, I think a lot of people don't realize is your fear might always be there. So um, she said that even as we completed our therapy, that she still felt anxious as she was driving, but she was okay with it. She's learned to accept that anxiety in the service of her values, which is being with her friends. And she even said that she felt a little bit like Harry Potter because he was afraid too uh, as he was trying to defeat Voldemort and the rest of the Death Eaters. And she she said that it really made sense to her as a result. That's such a great story. Thanks. (laughs) I was really proud of her. She did a lot of really hard work. I'm sure. Um, so you took one of her favorite stories and essentially blew her mind. That she, <laughs> she, right? I mean, she had all this information already, right. and she just never applied it to herself. Right. She just didn't know how to empower herself, and she was already such a strong and wonderful person, and was uh, not uh, not aware about how to cope with her own fear, and uh, then was able to. I, I just provided her with a little bit of information, and then she took it and ran with it, and did some amazing things with it. You know, at the beginning, you said that everybody wants to be a superhero. I think that's what you said. And, you know, uh, we don't realize it. This isn't always the case. But a lot of these stories are attractive to us because there's something that maybe we aspire to or something that we wish we were more like. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone needs someone to believe in. And for people who like comic books, it's it's superheroes. For uh, people who like specific uh, fantasy stories, it might be the characters in those stories. And what I really like about uh, about the writing um, of all of these stories is that the characters are real. The characters do have flaws like us. The characters do have fears just like us. So they're human just like us. And we, we can really identify with them and we can see that they struggle too. And even though we're struggling, it might mean that we can get to where they are um, if we if we try hard enough and and if we follow our heart and uh, I'm I'm more of a watch the movie version mm-hmm. if it's available mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and um, and uh, unfortunately I know that every time I actually read the book it's usually better and and one of the reasons for that is because you get to go into the characters' minds right you know what they're thinking absolutely there's a lot more of that and and so. I think, uh, you know, I applaud you for for recommending that people read the books instead of uh, watching the movie because there's a lot of information there. Definitely. Uh, A lot of valuable information. Definitely. When you're watching a movie, um, you're sort of an observer watching someone else, whereas when you're reading a book, you become that character. And and when you see that that they're struggling with something that you've struggled with, that makes that bond even stronger. And that emotional connection even stronger. So it's one of the reasons why I tend to recommend books over movies. But if I have somebody that absolutely positively will refuse to read but is willing to watch a movie, then I'll assign that. You don't have to, but there is there is more <laughs> insight, right, into in, in the books. Definitely. So Janina, if anybody wants to learn more about ACT or how to use fantasy in, in therapy, are there any resources that um, you would recommend to people? Uh, currently, uh, there are a number of books on ACT specifically. Uh, so, for example, ACT Made Simple is a really, really good um, good book. Uh, the one that I usually go to is called The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris. 
Um, so I think that that one is really, really accessible to the readers. It's, it's kind of funny and uh, it's easy to read and it's easy to identify with. There are currently, to the best of my knowledge, not any books for how to use fantasy in therapy. Um, I'm actually working on a book that will talk about that. Um, but to the best of my knowledge, there are no current books that talk about um, how to implement uh, literature or geek culture into ACT. And um, so someone who's just maybe not really familiar with a lot of fantasy books, are there any that you recommend? Like Harry Potter, maybe? Definitely? Uh, Harry Potter, definitely. I just think that's that's always a, a good book for, you know, uh, that most people can relate to. And, you know, I think most people know at least a little bit about it. So if you read it, that would allow you to uh, maybe communicate with other people that know about it. Uh, but, you know, I think the most important th the thing is that it has to be something that speaks to you. So if you absolutely hate witches, but you you love uh, other kind of magic or, or other kind of characters, then by all means, read that. If you don't want to read fantasy, you want to read something that's a little bit closer to real life, then, you know, fanboy and goth girl might be good for you. Uh, so I think above anything else, it should be something that would speak to the reader. All right. So thank you so much, Nina, for coming on the show and talking to us about um, act, fantasy, fiction, all this stuff. Um, we love that here on the show. Thank so you thank so you for much. coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And um, definitely in the future, there's a few other topics uh, that I hope we can talk about. Um, you just mentioned that book, so hopefully you can come on in the future and <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that. I would love to. Um, if anybody wants to reach you, um, to ask you about the stuff you talked about or just um, bounce some ideas um, around with you? Where could they reach you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, so uh, they can just search for me, uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett, on Twitter. Uh, they're welcome to uh, to tweet me uh, and uh, and ask me uh, any any kind of questions about uh, ACT or, or fantasy or geek therapy. And um, I will have um, all the books that you mentioned. I will put them in the show notes. Nice. And um, I'll have your blog and your Twitter information and all that there. Perfect. And, and for more information on Geek Therapy, visit us at geektherapy.com or follow us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. Okay.